I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following, the following. The following. Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, hey, this is Josh Richmond, and you are listening to the Voice of Survival podcast, exclusively on the Journey into Comics Network. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 19 of the Voice of Survival Podcast. As the introduction said, I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, a very special guest, back for the first time since Season 1, Episode 10. Yes, I remembered that off the top of my brain right now. That is a fact. Welcome back to the show, Dick Blaine Tyner from Podcastrophe. What is up? Dude, it's been too long. It has. I mean, in terms of voice of survival. <laughs> True. It's really weird, though, because when you were on the show the last time, it was a totally different thing. Like, I had yeah. it more as, like, yeah. an interview-based show. You know, obviously. You're a part of the network. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know the fucking history. Sure am. <laughs> but anyways, um, in the middle of season two, I just thought, it's really fun to interview people, and I love hearing people's stories. However... I feel like there's a lot of things I don't get to talk about being Mm -hmm. a part of this network, creating this network that I love talking about. And there's more than just the avenues of comic books and music and shit to talk about in my world. So, uh, you know, during the midway point of season two, I said, fuck it, let's just go for it. Let's do topic based. Keep it focused to kind of one thing. I know that Tyler and I did episode 14 on Aliens. Today, you and I have a plan and I want you to tell our people... What are we doing today? Well, first of all, I, I like that I did. I do like that you changed to a topic, like a topical platform. Um, I mean, it, the the interviews were always really cool because it always they always did somewhat have a theme to them, and it did always tie into uh, the the name of the show, the show's namesake, which is surviving. It's the voice of survival. So you're surviving life. You're surviving your life, the lives around you, and this world, this crazy, fucked up world we live in. Totally so fucked always, up world, bro. <laughs> I always loved the concept of this show, and you know, even though you switched it to topical, uh, it's still kind of like I wanted to keep the theme of the voice of survival and surviving in this world, surviving this life, yada yada. And what is the 
biggest thing in this world that really brings people down and really, you know, shortens their life. Stress, bro. Yeah, exactly. Stress. And I think and how we handle it. Stress comes from so many different facets in a human person's life. Oh, yeah. It's not just, okay, example. And I'm going to bring this example up as far as you want it to be up. But, like, money can be a stressor. Oh, yeah. But money, and I've learned this, money is also not the key to happiness. Absolutely not. You can have money and be totally unhappy. You can have no money and be the happiest fucking person on earth. It's all about your mindset and how you can navigate the waters, as it were, in situations. You know, I can recall back to a time, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna kind of start here. We'll jump around. Uh, this is a story that I don't think I've ever told in any podcast. It was like Christmas 2000, and oh god, it was probably Christmas 2010, and. Okay. It was the first year in my life where I had a lot of money. I had money. I had earned a bonus at my job, and I had all this stuff going for me. And it was near Christmas time, so I start getting presents for people, and I kind of had plans and things I wanted to do. Next thing I know, my bank account was hacked. I had my money stolen from me. Okay. I was negative $177 in my bank account before overdraft fees. Okay. And then had to fight with the bank for three weeks to even have money over the time of Christmas, and it depressed the shit out of me. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, why is money what's making me sad? Because it's it's not a thing you even keep. It's just a number. It's like a stat in a video game, right? You're just racking up your stat. And some people, their stats are super fucking high because they got a little bit of a jump start, or or some people's are extra low because they they try to help everybody out or have addictions or whatever else. But like... It was that moment that I was like, I cannot let money, the concept of money, the construct of money in this life that we are kind of forced into. You didn't tell your mom to have you or I didn't tell my mom to have me. We were just put here, you know, and it was it was that moment that it was like, I cannot let that one facet control me because, dude, I was like not sleeping. I was having struggles, like just like focusing. I couldn't eat right. My nerves were just an all time high because not only did I experience having money, I also experienced the quick downslide of losing it really quickly in a situation that was out of my control. Um, and that's just one facet of life that can be really, really, really difficult waters to navigate. I mm-hmm. think I think when it comes to a, a survivalistic aspect, uh, it can be insanely stressful. As you probably saw in my post earlier today, I woke up to negative $126 in my bank account. Oh, shit. I, I don't know if I saw that. I might have, but I don't necessarily <laughs> well, I remember. A screenshot. I posted a screenshot. I was like, hello, rock bottom, because <laughs> I've never been negative. I've never been this negative. Uh, and it's just, it, it's honestly, I get paid tomorrow, so I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be completely fine. Uh, it's just uh, insurance came out like day before, and I was already like down to $17 to my name. And that's after overdrafting earlier this week because internet went out. Yeah, uh, all this over, the lack of overtime I've had is really killed my bank account. Uh, and I haven't even spent money on myself. I it's not, it's just survival mode right now. Yeah, exactly. It's just the, the lack of overtime has made it so my bills are overcoming because I put myself in a very precarious situation where I racked up fuck tons of debt 
on just, top of buying a house. I mean, that, yeah. that's one of many that you, you racked up. But, like, you also got ready for a wedding at one point. You had this whole yeah. shift in your life. Like, you had to get new washer, new dryer, things of that nature. Like, it all kind of came to a head in the moments of your of your shift in your life, which mm-hmm. can be a blessing. It also can kind of be a curse because you feel, as you said, totally overwhelmed by the fact that, uh, well, fuck, I had $17 in my bank account. Now it's a negative <laughs> number. Uh, yeah. You mean, the nice thing is, is a couple tips, at least monetarily speaking for me. I can tell you this. I never did auto pay for bills, ever. I would rather I be in to. total control. I have so many. Because you don't remember. I, it, it, I, there was a point when I did remember uh, every single one of them, and I had quite a bit, but it's just there's a lot going on in my life now that I got finally got to a point where I did forget one, and then I forgot two. And I'm like, fuck. And it, it was just like a day or two late, and I'm like, shit. I need to pay that because I've never missed a payment on anything and it just started happening. So, I mean, and I've, I have been doing the auto pay on several different things because several platforms uh, actually offer some like very, very small discounts for doing auto pay. Yeah. Like, Hey, uh, I know my AT&T thing is like sign up for auto pay now and save 4% off your bill. And I'm like, in theory, that's great. 4% is awesome. It's like $2, but um, also, I don't want to have a situation like what has happened to you, what has happened to many people. See, the thing is, and this is one thing that I think the reality of your post really brings to light, no matter what people's situation is, whether they're in a really lucrative job, whether they're barely making meet, meets end or what or ends meet or whatever, like everyone is feeling this really intense struggle right now. Yeah. It's it's the world. The whole entire planet is struggling. Everyone is feeling a different struggle on a different extreme, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to go kind of back to this money thing and whatnot and just ask a simple question of how do you respond in a moment like that? You wake up, you see the money's in the red. Did you freak out? Did you scream? Did you have a moment where you went to the bathroom and cried just for a second to yourself? Like, <laughs> I got to fucking get my shit together or whatever. Or, or was no, it just like, um, well, fuck. Earlier this week, yeah, I, I, I kind of started seeing it happening. And uh, luckily, my wife came to my rescue a little bit. And I had some cash in my wallet that I had sold a bunch of movies. I actually managed to get about 50, close to 50 bucks from selling movies to Disc Replay. So wow. that's that's respectable amount from discrete play. Uh, and I only sold about maybe eight or nine movies. Um, but I, so I depo- I managed to deposit that because I was negative, I think, twenty six dollars rough, like somewhere around there. And no, uh, oh, about it was like 40 something. But uh, I had, I think, forty five dollars left over from that and I deposited it. But my ATM only accepted like so many of the bills. So that left, it only got me up to negative one. (laughs) Of course. Cool. Uh, so I had Miranda, you know, send me some money just so I wouldn't overdraft fee by the end of the day. Uh, and then I just been subsisting off of the $25 she gave me. And, uh, I, I, I was like, okay, um, I'm, I'm not spending money obviously. So I think, once I settle down on everything, I, I should be good next check. Uh, and then Wednesday it hit me. Oh shit. Tomorrow insurance is coming out. <laughs> so I was like, well, no avoiding that one. So and luckily I get paid tomorrow. So it's, 
Yeah, well, honestly, then, it's it's not a big deal. I mean, it is, but it's not. Well, hopefully, the bank, uh, and I know that I've done this before in situations where craziness has transpired and something came out, I totally forgot. It's It literally happens to everybody, but, like, you just call your bank, bro, and if they gave you an overdraft fee, be like, listen, money's in there now. I never do this. Reverse that overdraft, and they will. They do it yeah. up to, I think, five times a year. So, I mean, depending on your bank, of course, some banks suck ass. So, uh, you know, my, my old bank... First Midwest, if you didn't use your debit card 30 times in a month, they charged you $5. Wow. And I mean not buy things online, physically swiping it 30 times. Wow. It was a service fee. Damn. Spoiler alert, I'm not with that bank anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so you just kind of said, okay, fuck it. We'll get through. It's not the worst thing that's happened. Yeah, and you know, I'm... I'm taking my lunch, which I, I never take my lunch. Uh, I mean, and I not that I spend a ton of money at work and their cafeteria. I mean, especially in rough times, I'll just eat a grilled cheese, and that's two bucks. You guys have but, like an EDR or something that just takes it out of your check? No. Well, you, you just pay money. Oh. They have cashiers and stuff. That's weird, um, man. Horseshoe was awesome about that. You just had your badge, and your badge was your money, and it just came out of your check. I would that. Absolutely, I'd much rather it's, do that. it's definitely more convenient too because you can keep track of your meals. You know how much you're spending a month to eat. Uh, of course, the way that it worked at Horseshoe, you you only had I think it was like three bucks for a lunch, but you could go through that line ten times if you fucking really felt like it. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, but of course, when you were in the line, you could just get a fuck ton of food. Like it was a it would you just get your own shit, man. So so uh, you know I don't know, but so you've been taking your lunches. Yeah, as of today, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not have been able to purchase any food. Uh, took two PB and J's. Fuck and yeah! What kind of jelly? J as in uh, jam, strawberry. Uh, <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Blackberry's my jam. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> oh, I believe I made a poll on Podcastrophy not long ago asking jelly or jam, and uh, the overwhelming majority said jam. Jam just has like actual pieces of the fruit in it, and yeah. jelly is yeah. just the fruit removed. So, I mean, I think it's just a textural thing. Personally, I like a jelly over a jam, mainly because the texture of like soggy fucking strawberries or whatever yeah. that have just set in this thing <laughs> congealing for a long time don't really, it, it, it's not that it doesn't taste good, it just doesn't feel good in my mouth, and that's a weird mm-hmm. thing. So, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about more stresses, man. You know, you obviously are in a situation similar to myself where stress comes from a totally different avenue that not everybody experiences in kids and not necessarily your own kids. That's a whole different paradigm as opposed to having your own child that you have to take care of. Taking care of or caring for someone else's kid can be a difficult stressful endeavor oh for sure and you know the the a lot of the i have a lot of different ways that i get stressed from the the children that are my wives and some of it involves like you know actually taking care of them watching them when she's not around and you know having to figure out a way to discipline them that i that's not too harsh but not it's getting the point across and then there's the, the, of course, the frustration of them not listening and it's just all that. But I think the biggest source of stress when it comes to the kids is the fact that uh, I'm, I'm a very empathic person. 
So when Miranda's stressed about something involving the kids or their father or money involving you the kids, it up. I, I soak it up and I get stressed with her and it's, uh, it, it's oftentimes putting me in a very sour mood, not because I'm mad at her or anything. It's just, it's just put me in that mode of, oh, I'm frustrated because I'm frustrated for her. And I think that that can come from a place speaking also from um, absolute like knowledge that can come from a place your stress soaking up and feeling that your anger and whatnot is your inability. And I know this too, yes. your inability to solve the problem because it's not your problem to solve. And you just have to witness the person you love and care for suffer yes. through this situation. I mean, there's only so much I can do in terms of uh, their father and his inability to be a father. <laughs> so uh, and th that's really all I can say about that. Not for fear of like repercussion. Like, I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> like he, Just like he, all that I have to comment on that situation. He, yeah, he can he can hear this all he wants. I, I would, it's nothing I wouldn't say directly to him, but it's just the fact that like it even if I said anything to him or it's just not going to, it's not going to change who he is as a person. And, uh, it's just, it's frustrating. It's it frustrating seeing Miranda have to deal with such a waste of a human being. <laughs> That's oh. best way I can put it. No, I totally, I totally vibe that too. You know, um, it's been an interesting struggle to watch you know, and I and I think we talked about this last time I was down there, but like Miranda was talking about the the new schedule at the time during the summer when the kids were gone for a week and then there for a week yeah. and then gone for a yeah. week and then there for a week, and that we were dealing with the same thing with Ollie, and it literally it's hard to watch not only like a kid go through it, but a kid you care about go through that too because they can't even get their bearings. No, there's no stability, and here's the thing, and and I and I. I could just tell you for a fact, like when Ollie was with his dad, when he would come back after that week, he was an asshole. Just gonna say it. He was kind of an asshole. Why? Because he's picking up because he's picking up that energy. He's a little fucking battery cell picking up all this juice and this mm -hmm. energy. And if that juice and energy is in that house, when he comes home, he's not gonna feel the love we give or express to him. It's really difficult. And you kind of have to fight to get that side of the kid back. You mm -hmm. know? And then and then and that's not even to talk about, like you were saying, the 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 landmine of navigating disciplining a kid. Yes. When we were kids. In today's age. <laughs> exactly. When we were kids, if I was an asshole, I got my ass beat or I got put in a corner. End of story. Yeah. Those were the options. It was not punched to the face. It was not beat me till I bled. It was smack my ass until I've learned my lesson or put me in a corner so I can think about and learn my lesson, you know? Mm -hmm. And kids nowadays... You can and you also cannot do that to some extent because some kids are going to talk. And if the wrong parent who's not in the relationship with the other parent hears that the 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 boyfriend or the 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 stepfather discipline their kid with a smack to the butt or whatever, red flags, call the cops and all this crazy shit. You know, it, it, it's yeah. not how it used to be. No, um, not at all. And one I, thing I stepdad beat, beat my ass a couple times. I can count probably three times in my life I've been spanked, and two of them are by my stepdad, my old stepdad. <laughs> well, but, there you go. You know, and it, my dad never knew about that because, like, it didn't, like, I, I didn't go be like, oh, it's like I knew I did something. I've always, okay, me, myself, I've always known if I've done something wrong and I got punished for it, I deserved it. 
<laughs> Soak Which, it in, man. Yeah, and it, it, I guess I'm just I'm a very unique person in that way because I've always owned, I I've always owned up to my mistakes. Your shortcomings. Uh, yeah, my shortcomings, my mistakes. Uh, I, I've, I'm a very strong proponent for self responsibility, and uh, I, th- I think that goes a long way. And I don't think that's something a lot of people have is being able to own up to their to what they've done, and they they can't handle. Um, yeah. <laughs> Self-reflection? Is that kind of what yeah. you're looking at? The ability oh, yeah. to look in a mirror and to oh, analyze yeah. yourself and say, man, I could fucking tweet. I think I think that's the thing, man. There is such a, in our current political climate and the era of the world we live in, there is a lack of accountability in a lot of ways because it's kind yeah. of being preached as the highest power in office in our country can get away with not, no accountability. So have at, buds. You know, For and now. really... I think that's just a better way to be is to just say, hey, right now, me, I fucked up. Oops. Let's fix the fuck up. Let's undo the fuck up by way of talking through it, talking about the problem, the situation. And then hopefully from the shame of going through this or from the lesson of going through this, I'll never do that again. Yeah. That's all you have uh, to do. Real quick, real quick, just uh, since you brought it up short briefly uh i would like to date this podcast and say just the other day or yeah nancy pelosi uh moved forward on a uh impeachment inquiry for donald trump yep that's gonna date this podcast right there that's all we can say uh (laughs) although it was just yesterday as people are listening to this or two days ago now as people are listening to this that that's happened and of course uh, to just dive into that for a second like I have been following this maelstrom of craziness surrounding the White House since uh, January 20th of 2017 when he was inaugurated into office. And even before then, I was highly into this upcoming election in 2016, and we've lived through nearly three years of this presidency and mm-hmm. and, and suffered and dealt craziness. And then today, uh, Congress got an official transcript of the whistleblower complaint. That complaint has sources that over 20 different times the president has leveraged his power for personal gain to other countries that they have proof of, okay? And there are people that are still like, oh, there's no proof, there's no accountability, he's the president, he can do and say what he wants. Not true. If you would have put any other president in this situation, Clinton, one of the Bushes, Obama, anyone, and had them do the same things that this current president has done, they would have been burned at the literal fucking stake, bro. Oh, yeah. Obama did what? He contacted he contacted Ireland to interfere in our elections to ensure Hillary's going to get nominated? What? That doesn't make any sense. Because it wouldn't make sense. Because nobody would be stupid enough to think that the power of the presidency allows you impunity against anything you do wrong. That's the world we live in, pal. <laughs> but it does not have to be, and I'll it say it here, and be. I'll say it now, and I'll say it, it a thousand times. Get your asses out there in 2020 and vote. Vote in your uh, primary election this year when you're determining who you want to go up against Trump. Make sure you have an educated opinion of the people that are running for president, so you know what they stand for, what they believe in, and how they look to fix all the problems yeah. of the last three years. Preach. 
I digress. Let's get away from that for a few <laughs> minutes. That is a stress in my life. Like it the is. president it, has, it's a stress in everyone's life because you, you this uh, this nation and even almost this whole entire world is very polarized because of the conditions that have been going on for even before Trump. But like I, I'd say, like the past maybe decade, it's been very polarized. Oh, I mean, I absolutely agree. You look at, uh, I mean, even just a little bit outside of that, because the last decade would definitely include a majority of Barack Obama's presidency. And you look at it, there were Republicans with black-faced dolls hanging them in the streets, saying that he should be murdered and put to death. And they didn't have the FBI show up to their doorsteps and tell them you can't do that. They didn't have... Nope. All the crazy, crazy circumstances. Okay, today, example, and this is how serious this is getting, folks. I don't know if you heard this, Dick, because you were at work. Trump was doing some sort of media thing today and was talking, and he said about the whistleblower. Was there a helicopter nearby? We What's up? (laughs) Was there a helicopter nearby? No. He is always talking on the White House lawn in front of the fucking helicopter. (laughs) Brandon Stone and I are constantly making fun of that at work because there is a there is a TV at lunch and it's usually on Fox or CNN. Uh, and he is always in front of that goddamn helicopter yelling. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was in front of the helicopter because I, I didn't actually see the footage. It was just a transcript. Of, it was a tra- oh, it was it wasn't a trans. It was a transcript of a phone call that a reporter had with Trump and yeah. she was in an Uber and Trump was saying something to the effect of like, um, we need to deal with spies and treason how we used to back in the day. So he's essentially saying this whistleblower should be executed for outing him. Sound familiar? Yep. 1940s <laughs> Germany. Oh, shit. Did I say that aloud? Cough. <laughs> I mean, bro. And, 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 I think, and I think you're right. There is such a divide. Division has been sown so deeply in our country that until we all find common ground again and find a way to make peace with the fact that somebody might want fucking guns, sure, I think they need to be regulated, but I don't think we need to not have guns. I think that there just needs to be better regulations. Thank you. But at the same token, that same person could be against gay marriage. Fuck you. Why is it your why is it your problem if two men or women are happily together are living their lives and trying to better this world why is it your problem that they want to be married Yeah absolutely Are you in the marriage It violates the sanctity of marriage You know what there's a lot of things Republicans and I'm just <laughs> going to call Republicans Republicans right now have done to yeah. violate the sanctity of marriage that are far beyond homosexual acts. Oh, yeah. Raping little children, child pornography, let's talk about it. Epstein, let's talk about it. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all these things, they do those things, and then they say, oh, if two chicks want to fuck each other, that's a problem. No, it's not. Are you in the room? If you're in the room, you're probably going to enjoy yourself. Just saying. And if you're not in the room, <laughs> it's not your fucking problem. The end. Like, it's literally an open and closed door scenario with that. I always find it really odd when, because, you know, growing up as a male, particularly maybe in America, 
you are you learn you i mean you, you're driven by testosterone and you're like oh yeah girls Titties. and then you and then you get introduced to oh girl on girl and it's just like whoa but i do find it interesting when i come across somebody that is like yeah i'm, I'm not into that i that's that's disgusting to me <laughs> which i mean i could care less I mean, me personally i could care less but it's just like it, it, it shocks me when we grew up in that, I guess, culture. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it, it, it could be very tangent. easy for our generation. And I, and, I, and I think that the generation you and I are a part of really is going to help shape our history in the future because we're like the first generation to look at ourselves reflectively. Be like, yes. oh fuck, we shouldn't have said that. We shouldn't have done that. Maybe we can change things. Oh, I know. It's not it's... the passing the buck. Like not to, not to keep this going on uh, the political uh, route and get back to the subject, but I, I go through my Facebook memories and I cringe at the things I said. I have said the F word so many times. I have said the R word so many times. I still say that and I, I feel bad about it, but it's just so ingrained in me to – I never use it in like a – it's not like derogatory. It's no. more just like a, a slang for just and dissing somebody. And you know somebody. me. I have no filter. <laughs> so. I, I Yes, I do. I know you very well. It's one of yeah. the things I like about the reason you do podcastrophy is because there is a lack of filter. And I mean, yeah. one thing is to be said, I, and, and I want you to know this and I want our audience to know this. I have never in the history of podcastrophy went back through your show and censored anything you guys have ever said. Sure, sometimes there have been things said on your show that I don't necessarily jive with. And oh, it's not coming from your mouth. There, You've had a lot of guests. That's just the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel it's wrong of me to say, well, you can't say that. You shouldn't say that. You said it. It's history. Move on. The best no, you can do is better yourself from yesterday. I'll go through my memories and I'll just be like, ah, why? I can't believe I was this bad. I was. It, it's cringy. Like, it's, it's cringy in the... Uh, Jesus Christ, I was so young. <laughs> do you ever like, take those memories if they're bad enough and just say, I'm just going to delete this post. It's no, not worth it to I have do up. Not. Really? I do not. No. Well, that's interesting. I find that uh, interesting. I'm pretty fucked if I run for public office at any point. <laughs> <laughs> well, his candidacy lasted a whole day. Yeah, Good job. F-U-K-T. Fucked. The hard T. <laughs> Hard tea. Fucked. No, man, but like I said, I think that we are the, the culture and, and, and the generation to, to look back at our shortcomings. You just said it. You said you said words, and, and I fucking said words and used derogatory language when I was younger. And you know what? It's because of where I was raised, how I was taught, the things I know. And it took me getting out of that bubble, getting out of that glass dome to go, wow. I'm the smallest fish in the biggest fucking pond right now. And if I don't change, I'll get eaten alive. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people in our generation have come to that realization of like, we're all small fucking potatoes. But if we don't hashtag me too, bro. Oh, and a total. <laughs> and, 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 you know, to say I, and I will say I, I don't think. I, I guess I can't accurately even say that because if I, even thinking about saying that, I'm thinking about my life and going, well, there's probably a time where I have been uh, uh, guilty of unintentionally like sexually harassing a chick. But again, 
younger culture when we were kids growing up. What did you say? Oh, girls, titties, testosterone, all that shit, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, you get into jobs or other things, you flirt, you say the wrong thing or whatever. But, like, it's never been to the point where, like, Louis C.K.'d myself and just whipped my dick out for no yeah, reason. Yeah, that, that or... concept's been so weird to me. I I, I know people that have done that. Uh, and, oh. it, it like, okay, I guess my old stepdad did this to my mom at one point well years after they were done like she just stopped his dick out to her <laughs> yeah like it, it was definitely an advance and she was like no no <laughs> and I, I i don't know how much it if it continued or not she didn't she never told me but like i was yeah, just like, like that might have been a little weird why is that attractive why do why do men why do males think the way they do like i mean in terms of like i see people's messages like screenshots of like tender messages and like hitting on people and like jesus these unsolicited dick pics it's like at no point in my life have i ever thought any of this would ever get me a girl <laughs> i mean maybe just, i just think too logically i don't know but <laughs> penises are gross the end yes like yes. i'm sorry i look at my dick and shame every morning i'm just like hey bro you're here cool you were put on me but i don't think that i don't think that unless like how do how do i word this uh properly without offending a lot of people i guess i don't know if i'm going to be able to but if i've ever sent a dick pic to someone ever in the history of ever probably willingly because they either a asked for it or at the time of whatever uh the examples world whatever um see i don't even know how to say it without it sounding bad like i'm just like dancing around this but like either you are asked to do it or you are in a situation where it's alluded that it's okay to do it but if those two things those two the two criteria are not met by either she would like to see your penis or she would possibly like to see your penis maybe if you have the courage to do that like okay but if it's hey girl i just met and jerked off to you on pictures of you on facebook show me your titties and then she's like ew no gross and he's like fuck you bitch that's a problem <laughs> absolutely what? you just absolutely. harassed her she said no and you just said fuck you bitch and insulted her what it's I I, I want to say it's a uh, toxic masculinity. Uh, it's and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm very for masculinity. Uh, but there just, is a difference between being a, a masculine male difference. and being a toxic male. Two yes, different things. Th- huge difference, and it, it's not something I was even taught. It's just something I don't I don't know how I've been so more. My moral compass has been so damn near perfect my entire life but i don't and i i hate to toot my horn like that but god damn (laughs) well and i mean you could you you could be doing a whole hell of a lot of worse things in your life and i think that you have found honestly you found guides things that have helped you stay away from that person because they're they're in every single human and i'm going to use this quote jesse pinkman watching breaking bad right and el camino and Coming up. Correct. Yep. Correct. And I'm in season three and Jesse comes out of rehab after the death of Jane and everything. Mm-hmm. And he says to Walter, you have to accept who you are. And I know who I am. 
and I'm the bad guy. Train of our existence. Train of our existence showing up. <laughs> uh, but Jesse says, I'm the bad guy, and he's like, I'm okay with that, you know? And I think that everybody has the capacity to admit they are a bad guy. You have done things that could be deemed by any person on earth bad. I've done things that could be deemed by any certain person as bad. But you have been able to, I think, avoid that voice, and me too. And I see a lot of you and me in that regard. Like, you found music. That has helped you stay away from stupidity. You found podcasting. Mm -hmm. That has guided you even further. Like... Having something that you're passionate about can keep you from being a dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... Or a, or a drive to continue doing 30% your entire life. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird motto, but okay. And that is, that is something I will uh, touch upon today uh, at some point during this conversation. Uh, but yeah... Uh, I, I had a really awesome segue to bring back to the whole stress thing, but I've I've lost it. <laughs> well, we were talking about a lot of different things that could be stressful, um, you know, public image and everything. Oh yeah, being that the internet world exists and everything you do and say is a permanent record of the internet. Oh. Like you said, you know, you have you have posts that you're like, fuck, why did I say that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, it's all there. Stress can come from. We've talked a little bit about money. We've talked about kids. We've talked about the president. Uh, we haven't touched on uh, relationships and relationships themselves, mm -hmm. not just romantic relationships. The concept of me and you having a friendship, a relationship. Yeah, interpersonal relationships. Exactly. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. So... Those things, those interpersonal relationships are easy to do. They're easy until yes. someone makes it not easy and can create stress for you. And that can come from disagreements. It can come from a thousand different things, bro. Literally, and it doesn't even have there to be are hundreds of friendships. Exactly. Exactly. It could be something as small as, hey, Dick is my friend. Dick went to work. And somebody who at his work, he works with, that he's usually cool with, said something really harsh to him. So much so that he repeated it either on Facebook or whatever. And then I'm like, man, why did somebody just hurt my friend? What's the point of that? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of instances where uh, maybe you gel really well with somebody, but someone close to you does not gel very well with that person at all or just doesn't like them whatsoever. Or they think that that person doesn't like them, so that causes them to think negatively of the other person, and it's just it's just a mess. Oh, and and, that's, a, and, that's a stressful situation because you just, honestly, if, if you're like me, you just want everybody to get along. <laughs> you just want everybody to get along, have a good time. You know, uh, me personally, I'm I'm guilty of like, Oh, why don't why don't you like them? I like them, and I, I feel like I'm a excellent judge of character. So it's like, if if someone's not getting along with another person that I get along with, it's like why? But I understand. I'm just one person. I'm not everybody. Not everybody thinks like me. Absolutely correct. And uh, I think that one thing I want to touch on that is a stressor as well that we've probably both navigated. At least I know I have. You can either A, touch on the fact that you have, or B, touch on the fact that you have not, because I'm unsure. But um, being alienated, and I don't mean being alienated by, like, the people that are closest to you that you love. But what I mean by that is, like, hey, man, 
I got to go down and do this podcast and I'm going to run into three people who I'm not cool with or who I don't gel with, who have had past negative interactions with that maybe have or have not been resolved. And now just because we're going to be interacting, I mean, okay, I'll use an example. Your wedding was one of the hardest days for me really? because, because of Brandon's presence, because oh, at the time yeah. there was That's so right. much not resolved, dude. There was so much yeah. unresolved. So I'm literally shaking driving to the fucking wedding. Like, what is going to happen? Is Brandon going to confront me? Are we going to argue? Is it going to be ruined? Like, there were all these what-ifs swirling in my head from interpersonal relationships. Brandon and I personally never went to war. But the relationships outside of that yes. created tension. Yes. And, and you know and what? I felt that tension. That, that, that tension affected me. It's like exactly. And it had nothing really to do with me. I was just in the know. You absolutely nail it, dude. You and and, 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 I, and I think here's another thing to think, too, is like while all these interpersonal relationships maybe fell short or whatever, I have maintained that I would like to rebuild all those bridges because what did I do? What did I do? Accountability. I realized that I fucked up. It was another part of the uh, partly another reason I struggled to initially reconnect with Brando because I felt the weight and the remorse of making the mistake of not calling him a day after this happened or not talking to him immediately. I knew it was on my shoulders. I knew it was on my head. So it's like, if I can undo those wrongs and get things kind of back, that's what I want to have happen. But yeah. feeling the stress of having that um, alienation is definitely is definitely hardcore. And I think a lot of people feel alienated in a lot of different ways. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's some stress that I feel to this day uh, with that situation because there are a couple uh, members in this party that um, don't feel the same and, and would like to continue the uh, distance. Uh, and I, I, I don't like that. I don't like – it makes me feel like I can't talk about you – specifically or the network or anything like that around these people. And not that I like one of them, I don't even talk to, but the other, I kind of have to work with. Uh, and so I, I feel like I can't even bring it up to this person without, you know, making them mad or them just shutting down and not talking to me the rest of the time. And then it but, just becomes awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Because this person's also just that way. And you know, if, if, if you wrong them, then you have done wrong until they just simply decide that you're okay. And I've been through this with this person several times, not knowing what I've done wrong. <laughs> and we've gone upwards of six to six months to a year without saying a word to each other, just simply because so I, I did something and I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. And what the it thing is, is, I've just like... learned to accept it. And, you know, to, to retrospectively look back on, like, the network shortcomings and how that all played out, like, could I have handled things differently? Sure. But at the oh, same yeah. token, <laughs> I have operated with a level of professionalism for so long that I am always forthright with plans. I would mm -hmm. never undermine a bigger operation's plans for my own personal interest. Oh, I yeah. would never be like, hey, Dick, I'm going to kick Podcastrophy off the feed because I need thursday without telling you long in advance if that were to ever happen it's probably not ever going to happen just so you know it's just an example <laughs> but um on the same token when people move in shadows opposed to what i thought a group of people were building it becomes really hard for me 
at the time, at least retrospectively thinking about it, to like just let go and be like, okay, I guess that's their choice, whatever. It was like, wait a minute, we were all doing this together and you're just going to fucking dip out the back door without telling anybody the day of? Kind of shitty. Just saying. But again, moved on. That was their decision. Those people have continued on into the podcasting world, and that's all I ever wanted to give people was the option to podcast and have their voices heard. So, Mm -hmm. say la vie, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, that's just, that's a, that's, that's a very, uh, personal stress. That's, that's not even like a broad thing that we can talk about with most people. And, you know, I think that's important to have like these little anecdotes and whatnot to, to really bring it into perspective. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of stress, man. Like, uh, in, on the subject of interpersonal relationships, we can dive further and go into, um, like anxiety. Let's, let's just go with social anxiety uh, and the fact that despite how much you love being around certain people or people in general, uh, sometimes it's really hard to get past that anxiety of uh, like me personally. So let, let's just use me as an example. I I have no problem. I, I have very mild bearable social anxiety i have no problem going out into public going out into parties and large groups and being around a bunch of people that's not the issue the issue with me is getting around one person where it's just one-on-one and it's very individual based like there are certain people that i'm completely 100 percent comfortable just hanging out with, you know, man to man, like you and I, I have no issue doing that with you, but there are other people where the anxiety of being around them. And this has affected my show. I will say this, this has affected podcastrophe, uh, in terms of guests, because there are people that I am so afraid of being alone with just simply because I don't want there to be awkward silence. You're still navigating that water. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's people I've known for years. Uh, it's people uh, that I am very, very comfortable with. Very, very, uh, I, I know them on a very deep level, and it's just it, it crushes me. It, it's so stressful knowing that they are so close to me and I am so close to them. Yet I can't bring myself to be with them alone because I don't want to have that awkwardness and it it might not even be awkward it's just it's a fear of the awkwardness the anticipation of possibly being in a situation where you're uh i always kind of a good um it's like small talk (laughs) it's yeah you hate small talk and that and that's i think a lot of people because it's like if if we're together in a situation not you and i personally but just me and a person and i I'm reserved. I'm not opening up to you per se. We're, our conversation is already kind of limited because maybe I have some inner anxiety that you don't know about or whatever. And 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 then it gets awkward. Well, then it just feels awkward. And then you're going to just sit on that feeling of like, oh, this is weird. But um, it's like being in a boat in the middle of the ocean with no oars. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do I get back to shore? I'm not really quite fucking sure. Do I jump out of the boat? Do I stay in the boat and hope that the oars come back to me? Like dealing with, and I think I've learned this. Uh, I don't have a stress with people I know on any level being one-on-one per se, aside from the feeling of needing to entertain people, like to keep them engaged yeah. when we're around. 
Yes, that I think that's a big part of it is I want to keep them engaged. I don't want them to feel like I'm a boring person to be around. <laughs> so it's it's a crazy anxiety. It's it sucks. <laughs> it's, it no, really I, sucks. I, I, I totally understand, man. I have a totally different anxiety than you. And it's it's interesting that we're talking about this because my anxiety has gotten more as I've gotten older. And you would think that oh, as yeah, I've gotten same. older, it should get less. Because I have an anxiety more than anything else in the world with driving. I bet you didn't know really? that. Oh, yeah. With as much as you do it? <laughs> Correct. Go, We're always on, on the let's road. Hear let's hear and about you, this. And you got to, th- okay, so I'll just take you through a show day. This time last week, we were prepping to play Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's the morning of. I go pick V up. No big deal. We're hanging out. As the hours are ticking closer and closer to us to leave, the less I'm feeling confident or wanting to leave the house, the less I'm even like, I'll I'll say this here on the podcast because a lot lot of people know this, but there's probably been a handful of 20 shows that we have almost not played because of my anxiety. Yeah. Just like, I don't want to get in a car and drive to fucking Louisville, Kentucky. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect on the road. I don't know what to, and then of course, accompany that with other factors of, paranoia because of law enforcement and how aggressive they are in this modern era. And I know, oh, you're a white male. You shouldn't have any fucking problems, but you don't know that. You don't know that. No. And when I'm driving and I'm out and we have gear, as soon as you put gear in a, in a car, cops automatically have a preconceived notion of what you are, who you are, what you're about. So it's very, very stressful for me some days to drive at all. I see. But then, because we're talking about how to de-stress, we've talked a lot yes. about de-stress. We haven't talked about de-stress. Smoke a little bit of weed, feel a lot better. <laughs> I, I I long for the day that I can do that. And you know, I think you and I and another uh, person have some plans. Oh yes. In the coming months, uh, we're gonna we're gonna in- indulge and listen to some. I'm not gonna say good music. Oh, I'm I'm probably changing <laughs> the paradigm because I'm bringing a second album in case the first one's really bad. Just so you know. Oh, it's gonna be bad, and I know it. <laughs> but I, I just don't think that's a it. good experience to do while you've smoked down or done anything of that nature. Indulge, but as the, you said. the way the way I do think, like just knowing my own mindset in general, is even when I know something's gonna be bad, I. I tend to make fun of everything, so. <laughs> yeah, kind of a uh, satirical a, take on it. Yes, yes. I have a very good uh, satirical mindset a lot of the time, so I, I, that, I don't think it'll be an issue. Well, I'm excited <laughs> for that. We'll talk more about that down the road, but I need to yes. know, man. We've talked, like I said, we've talked a lot about the stress. We haven't really dived, dove into your de-stressors. Aside from the kind of obvious things we've hinted at here, what all do you do to kind of navigate your stress in any given situation? Honestly, uh, despite this being like my topic of choice and uh, how important I think it is, I think uh, I actually don't stress a lot. Uh, I think it really drives my wife crazy because she stresses a lot. And it's a female thing. I'm not trying to yeah, be an asshole, yeah, but really, it's it, it's probably a female and a, a parent thing, honestly, uh, in general. But 
I just I don't I don't get stressed that easily. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm impervious to it, but uh, I do not stress. It, it's it's just the way I think. The way my mindset is, uh, I don't sweat the I don't sweat the little stuff. I don't. You read that book the, as a kid, didn't you? What chicken what noodle soup for the soul? Don't sweat the small stuff. I don't believe I did. Really? <laughs> I don't know. No, I just. It was a kid's book, just, like. In in my youth, anyways, they had yeah, this like know. chicken noodle soup for the soul series, yeah. and and one of them was called "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff," and it was about de-escalating your stress and being able yeah. to to navigate those waters. I guess just the way I think is like I have a really good way of differentiating uh, the small stuff from the big stuff. What is important? What is important to me? And what? just in the long run doesn't matter whatsoever. Uh, and I think that's, that's a very important skill set to get. Like you need to be able to just differentiate those things. And the sooner you can realize what is big deal, what's a big deal to you and what is not a big deal whatsoever, you're gold, you're gold or just have awesome passions and distract yourself. <laughs> And I think that's a lot of what I've tried to do to overcome my stresses, uh, not just as a as a human. Of course, I am a cannabis user, so I do have some ability to escape, as it were. But I don't really know if it's an escapism as much as it's a way to just let me live my life without being constantly in pain, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing for me that I've always learned about my stress and about the situations is that – and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to use this term – I've. I live by this term, man, I swear, and and I hope it resonates with you when I say it. It is not a lie that pressure builds diamonds. And mm-hmm. I can be in any situation in the world, dude, the darkest moments, my cat dying, fucking crazy shit going wrong, whatever it is. And even if I'm sad or feeling the stress in the moment, in the back of my head, I'm constantly telling myself, just remember, dude, you're living through this. Because you survived this, you are stronger. You have literally added a layer to your diamond you have thickened and made yourself stronger in those moments and you cannot forget that it can be listen it could be so easy to lose a loved one a parent a friend any 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 loss in your world and let it consume you or you can say listen every fucking human suffers loss every fucking human has tragedy happen that they aren't ready for every person on this planet i don't care who the fuck you are in some way shape or form you you have Something that can trigger your anxieties or your fears or, or or PTSD, whatever it is that you have. And if you don't just reconcile everyone's struggling, everyone's living through it, everyone's battling, then mm-hmm. you will literally be drowned in the waters. Or you can just say, fuck it, I'll swim like the rest of them and push through. And that's what I try to do is just push through. Darkest moments... Yeah. Things look impossible. Things look like they're at the end of the rope or whatever. Nah, man, it's just the end of the chapter. Let's go to the next. Yeah. Push more. You know what I do? Poop. I don't do anything. <laughs> I don't do anything. I, I. You know me. You know me, Nate. I am one of the most laid-back people on the fucking planet. Arguably. I mean, there's very little that I mean, and I, I say this, I say this laughing. There is very little that I give a shit about, <laughs> and and I I don't mean that in a like uh, I just important things I don't give a shit about. Like at the end of the day, 
I know life goes on no matter what. At the end of the day, I know that all of this is just a moment in time. All the, all of humanity, the since the dawn of humanity 300,000 years ago or whenever the fuck it was to now, it's not even a blink of an eye in the cosmological scale of things. It doesn't matter. We are here now. We are going to be gone in the next blink. It doesn't matter. But but what matters is just living our lives to the best that we can and handling everything to the best that we can. I agree. And 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 to, to volley it back even a little bit further, our founding fathers would say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Happiness. Yes. The, the thing with pursuit of happiness is pursuing what makes you happy, pursuing what gives you joy. Yes. And I think that our world, literally the archetype of how our society currently is, is this <laughs> and, you go to work, you come home. If you have a hobby, fit it in if you fucking can. You make dinner, you go to bed, you do it all the next day until the weekend. That's yep. not living. We are, we are drones. That's exactly. You are, we are a drone. programmed drones. You are a, a sentient robot. Yes. And uh, <laughs> that's dangerous because it takes hope away from people and it takes – listen, your dreams should not just be your dreams. Do what Don't you let can. Your dreams be dreams. <laughs> no, no, but like, do you should, it. <laughs> you gotta actualize, man. Yeah. Just yeah. do it. You know, but. Um, oh, thank you, Shia LaBeouf. He's, he's the man. Uh, he was just on Hot best. Ones, by the way. If you haven't watched, it, yes, good he one. was. He was. Uh, but it is a good one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sweet, sweet. I, I think that there's one other thing that we can talk about in regards to stress that we haven't covered. And, and it. it's it's a little Let's bit of a, a little bit of a dark path, but follow me into it if you will. I'm the other side of stress, the other side of dealing with stress. Some people smoke weed, some people drink beer, some people fuck their wives every night emphatically to get rid of their stress, or you know whatever it is that you do to de-stress. But then there's the dark side of it where people abuse drugs. To get yeah. rid of their stress, people. Yeah. And, and, and listen, I'm not saying drugs is in necessarily narcotics and all that shit. Drugs as in anything you constantly crutch upon to just survive as opposed to live. And I mean that by people who, uh, you know, it's like, okay, sure, it's one thing if a guy who's a junkie puts a needle in his fucking arm and shoots up heroin. But couldn't you say the same thing about the fucking fat person who's eating the third large pizza of the day and drinking directly out of the two liter bottle that they're doing the same kind of damage long term to their bodies? Because they're addicted all the same, you know, and it and it, oh, and it yeah. comes from what stress eating. It's a real thing. It is. I'm stressed. I eat. I'm stressed. I eat. It's a repeating pattern. It's a repeating cycle until you're sick. You need help. You need to stop eating, overeating, blah, blah, blah. Then you kind of reverse the thing. Some people don't, though. Some people don't get out of that cycle. No, they don't. And then guess what it, happens? It becomes a habit. Yep. It becomes their life. It, it becomes who they are and defines them. And it's just you can't let that happen. Well, and then it gets even deeper than that, bro. Because in doing that, in creating a I have to stress eat to get through my stresses, you put weight on. At some point, you gain the weight to the point you're unhappy with that. Now you've created a second stress. You'll never. It's it's literally an unescapable game if you buy into that. Yeah, 
You know, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that specific scenario because that's why I started working out. Because at the age of 24, uh, out of nowhere, I gained about 30 to 40 pounds just out of the blue. Fuck and yeah, I saw, spread a picture, it. I saw a picture of myself. Yeah, I saw a picture <laughs> of myself from the side at a show and I just looked absolutely disgusting to myself. And uh, my arms were still really scrawny. Like I graduated high school at like 118. Like... I was really tiny. Damn, and bro. By the by, the point, beginning point of this, I was 130, and then out of nowhere, I was 166. And so uh, I, I was still scrawny, but like I had a little bit of a gut. My face was rounder. I had a double chin, even but even beneath the beard. And uh, and <laughs> so I was like, fuck this. I am not going to be my dad, who is basically Fat Mark McGuire. You met him at my wedding, probably. I did. Uh, he's fat Mark McGuire. Nice guy. <laughs> Super nice guy. I love my dad. Uh, but I was like, I am not going to be my dad. I am not going to get to a point where I am not going to be able to get rid of this. Uh, I'm not going to make this something that's going to define who I am. So I started working out and I became very, I actually started enjoying working out and that became a stress relief itself, you know, which a lot of people use. That's a very common one. Uh, and I, I, Honestly, I weigh more than I, I, I weigh more now than I did at my unhappiness. Oh fuck! I, I, my oh fuck! I gotta lose weight. Well, I wasn't even unhappy. I was just like oh fuck. Gotcha. <laughs> danger! Uh, but, danger! Danger! I, I was gonna say I, I probably weigh a full twenty pounds more than that, and but it's some muscle. Of it, some of it's fat. Some of it's muscle. A lot of it's muscle, probably. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah no it's and honestly i've recently went back and looked at that picture and i'm like that's not bad that's actually not bad at all (laughs) could have been worse could have been way worse i don't know why i thought i was so disgusting like i was disgusted self-image man and there could have been other i probably have a a bigger gut now than i did then (laughs) but it just looks better because i have i filled out a lot more muscles accompanied Uh, you and made you look better yeah yeah and you got to think, too, uh, whenever that was happening in your life, there were probably other stressors involved that when you were thinking, you were thinking with those stresses affecting your brain. Whether let me it tell was you where I was at. Girl trouble, whether it was friend trouble, whether it was home life, whatever it was, man. Honestly, no. Uh, I think the the I don't think it was I've never been a stress eater or anything. Um, I think what it was. So I had recently transitioned from night shift to day shift. So I was not at all used to being up at 5 a.m., going to work at 6 a.m., and so on. So I was drinking uh, a liter plus of pop a day. Liter of cola? Yeah, a liter of cola plus. Um, Not that caffeine really affects me at all, but like I just used it. I used it as like a placebo, basically, uh, knowing it was a placebo. As weird as that sounds. Uh, and on top of that, I was eating three meals a day as opposed to two. Uh, and none of it was good. I think my my metabolism just finally caught up to my eating. Came to a halt. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have to talk. Yeah, I mean, I was only 24, and that that's so weird. that like, I mean, that's, that's super young. I'm, tw- I'm almost 29 now. Um, but yeah, I never stressed it. The only time I have ever done something... I guess toxic out of stress. Uh, as a couple years ago, uh, about I think three years ago, yeah, I 
spend an entire weekend drinking uh, out of like depression, sadness. Uh, basically, uh, I was supposed to go somewhere that weekend. It was Labor Day weekend and I was supposed to, uh, go somewhere with somebody. It was supposed to be a good weekend in which we finally would get to explore who we were together. And, uh, literally day of that we were supposed to leave that said person, uh, decided they didn't want to be involved anymore. And I was very devastated because it was the first time in a very long time I had really gotten the chance to be with somebody. And I was very, very close to this person on a friendship level on, uh, and I thought even more than that. And so I just said, fuck it. I'm going to the bar tonight. I'm getting drunk. So I got drunk. I had some really great conversations really great night in general uh reconnected with some people got a lot of stuff off my chest and involved with those people I, I got a lot of closure with some people and then went home next night <laughs> back at it let's get drunk again i decided i am drinking all fucking weekend i am getting smashed all weekend and drowning whatever sorrows i have in alcohol so next night same thing went out had a great time, got drunk. Yeah. Sunday night, same thing, except, except I got, I got smashed, but like it, I, it was Sunday night. So the bar wasn't as busy, but I, I still ended up hanging out with like one person all night and talking to them. Yeah. So out of stress, I drank a lot. So that, that's the only time I've really let it get to me and let it control me, I guess. But I mean, I think that's a fair response at your age. It could have been worse. You didn't go do heroin. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I've never been there. I've never. I, there's only been one time that uh, I've I've even like thought of the thought of something, say, as bad as suicide. Like, okay. I've never been suicidal. Uh, but there was one time where uh, it crossed my mind. I was like, not not exactly suicide, but I was, it, what crossed my mind was. Um, if I were to write a letter, no, not even write a letter. If I was to film a video for each person that was important to me and say what I wanted to say to them as a goodbye, like a final, like, this is it. Bye. Uh, what would I say to each individual person that, that crossed my mind? And like, at some point in that thought, uh, um, it just dawned on me. Holy fuck this is a path that I do not want to go down. I do not want to go down that path of, uh, cause that's, that's just a, that's just a gateway to actual suicidal thoughts. Like, Oh, if I'm going to do it, how would I do it? Oh, should I do it? What do you think the impact on, on everybody would be like, like all that stuff. And it, I, I stopped myself. And I, t and I tell you, First of all, thank you for stopping yourself. I'm appreciative oh, that you're here because yeah. this would have been before I met you and I would never know you, which would suck, Dick. Yeah. No uh, problem. It would suck, <laughs> Dick. <laughs> also, it would suck, Dick. <laughs> this was actually probably uh, earlier in the year that I did meet you. Yeah, and I think we've had that conversation. I think we even actually had that conversation on your first Voice of Survival about where you were at in that mo moment in time. And I don't know if I Maybe. said it back then. Yeah, I think we did because it was. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, the story was uh, in in uh, with the suicide thing was like right after your fiance had left you or your girlfriend oh, or no. whatever. It, it was a girl. 
the Doom Room situation yeah. happened. I think yes. you ended up having to move like back with your mom or somewhere else, Nick Torres or something, your dad. And then like, so it was like everything was compacting into this negative. You were working thirds. You weren't really seeing anybody. Depression, depression, depression. Listen, man is not meant to work that late at night. That's a fucking nope. fact, dude. Not the only all. time in my life I have been genuinely suicidal, like genuinely considered it more than just like a passing thought. And once in a great instance was while I worked a horseshoe and I worked thirds. You are yeah. alienated from the normal world, and it is fucked up. It is not right. Humans should not do that, you know? Um, yeah. But to touch on the what-ifs, you were talking about the, well, what would happen? How would I do it? What would people think? I think the thing that, for me, has always been the first question when I talk about uh, the struggles of, of depression and suicide and whatnot is, like, if I'm going to talk about, like, well, what would happen? The first question is, what would happen to all those that I fucking love? And that yeah. immediately stops me. It breaks my heart. It literally will break me. And I just go, uh, no, I'm okay. Like, I'd rather stick around and see what happens, you know? It's a it's a weird, like, kind of almost narcissistic thought, but it's like, I don't want anybody to live that knows me to live in this world without me. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but, like, it's from... I mean that the, it's, in a sincere way. Yeah. But exactly. You're meaning that from a place of, like example maverick would be devastated not having you around he yeah. might not know the impact of it in the moment but as life went on he would recognize that there was something glaringly missing or yeah. or y y your importance to our friendship in this network like i i don't know what would happen i don't even know how i would react if something crazy like that were to happen to you i just i really i don't want anybody to feel pain in my absence because of my absence I don't want anybody to feel pain because of me in general. And, and, and I, if I you that. have something to, um, you, you said it best, pain, you don't want people to feel pain in your absence as long as you are in control of your absence. Like If it's at your own hand, that's awful. But if, say, tomorrow some crazy car accident happened, people would be hurt by your loss. Oh. But we would also feel comfort knowing you were a solid dude who didn't have any second guesses about what you were doing in this world, you know? And no, that's absolutely a good none. But if someone kills themselves, you start thinking, well, what did I do wrong? How did I affect this person? What could I have done differently? Internal, in yeah. internal, internal. You're reflecting in such a manner that it, it almost becomes a demon to your own person when someone around I mean, you has inflicted, you know. Yeah, and you know I went through that earlier this year when uh, Richard died. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I, I kind of felt a little guilty. Uh, it's since been cleared up to me. Uh, I guess it wasn't intentional. It wasn't drug related. Uh, or as far as uh, his wife has told me. Damn. <laughs> uh, she she cleared it up to me. But at the same time, it's just like there there are things that don't add up. Like the conversation, the very brief conversation I had with him the day before. Yeah. Um, I told him I was like, hey, man. I'm out, I'm out where you work. And he's like, why told him why? And he just read it. Didn't respond. And I said, and then I was like, well, that's weird. Text him again. Hey man, you should really come on the podcast soon. I, we really miss you. And I'd love, I'd love for you to be on. Just read it. Didn't respond. And I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. Next day, next fucking day. Ugh. So something, something doesn't add up. Maybe, um, maybe what was told to me is true. I don't know. I'll never know. It is well, what it is. And maybe, and you know what, here's a really weird thing. Maybe what is told, was told to you, whether it's true or not, was told to you to protect you. And yeah, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up a really fucked up thing. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. Fuck when up, I was bro. two or three years old, my, my grandma's brother Thurman died. Okay. Yeah. 
he was an old ass dude. Like he was in his eighties. Right. And I didn't think anything of it. I was young, nothing, no big deal. So years later, I'm like 11 or 12 years old, true story. And I'm in my dad's backyard playing basketball. Okay. Mm -hmm. And across the alley. So the opposite street across the alley is this old dude. And he's out gardening, and I'm out shooting baskets, and one day he stops to talk to me. We'd never talked before. And he was like, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. We were, we were just kind of shooting the breeze. I was like, yeah, I'm, I live here, whatever, blah, blah, playing basketball. And he's like, oh, cool, I've seen you out shooting and whatnot. And he's like, who are you related to? And in my small town USA, if you say any name, they're going to know oh, who yeah. you're related to. Oh, you yeah. know? So first name I throw out there is my grandpa, Jim Richards. Doesn't ring a bell with this guy. He literally is just like, I have no idea who that is. And I'm like, well, you're definitely not from Hoopston then because my grandpa literally runs all these different fucking things. Mm -hmm. So I tell him who my grandparents on my dad's side were. And I say, Ethel and Ferb Phillips. And he lights up. His eyes get big. And he's like, oh, my God. And he's like, you're you are related to Thurman. And I was like, yeah, Thurman was my uncle. And the guy just turned white. And he's like, it's such a tragedy what happened. And I was oh, like, wow. huh? And he goes, yeah, you, you know, your uncle killed himself, right? And oh, I was wow. like, what? I had known my whole life. I, li I literally grew up in a line not knowing that he killed himself because my family was trying to protect me. Yeah. And it was like. Not, I mean, at the age that uh, he probably passed, uh, you probably wouldn't have understood the concept of suicide. Probably. Also true, but the fact that no one ever came back and said, hey, man, just to clear it up, and I had to learn it from a stranger, was kind of sucky. Yeah. Yeah. That does suck. But that neighbor told me my uncle's reasoning, and I just went, yep, I feel it. He was suffering, and he was sick of suffering, and they had nothing they could do for him. Am I going to sit here and he suffer, or is it seppuku style, you know? Right. If only honor. he had lived it today. What's up? If he, if he would have lived to the current day, you know, he would have had some weed, you know? <laughs> True. True. But, you know, at that age, I'd probably kill, I'd probably uh, take it too. <laughs> Just take me out back. Take me out to pasture, uh, man. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I just, I, my I dad always jokes. He's like, when I turn 85, push me downstairs. <laughs> I think we all joke about that. And we joke about Tell him I slipped. Like uh, us millennials are like so humorous about our mortality. It's terrible. <laughs> and I think a lot of that has to do with people just accepting the fact that we aren't some permanent fixture on this world. We can't uh -huh. be here forever. You know, it is They're temporary. Just... There's something like this goes back to what I was saying. Like we're just moments in time. Life goes on. There is to add to that. There is so much that is not in our control. And we worry so much every day, every second about controlling as much as we can. And we need to learn to let go to an extent. Well said, man. And that's 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 the de-stressor. That's a de-stressor right there. Learning to let go of what you cannot control. Bam. Nail on the head. And I think that is a great kind of place, not necessarily to wrap it, but I wanna I wanna like kind of highlight that final thought that 
good because I have to pee so bad. You do? You have to pee so bad? My bad. I I I got I got a Budweiser and a Cherry Pepsi. Like almost like the Budweiser's gone, Cherry Pepsi's almost gone. Like shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, no. but no, I, this has been a great conversation. Let's let's take it home, man. Let's take it home. Totally Fit. agree with you, bro. What you gotta well, say? Folks, as always, you can check out the Voice of Survival podcast right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, all the other ones you know. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Also, go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a buck. We don't give a fuck. We, we do actually give a fuck. Please do that. That'll help us quite substantially. Uh, also, do not forget to go to pod... My words are not coming out right podcastrophy.podbean.com to get all of your podcastrophy goodness on the side there on the slide. You guys also have a lot of extra content and stuff as well as like Game of King Chairs, which is a phenomenal series, Game Addicts Eat, and heavy, Happy Fun Metal Time. Like There's so many different things you guys are doing over there. Um, mm-hmm. Also, search for Podcastrophy on all the same platforms I was just talking about because they're there too also as well. So when yeah. you're getting them on We're Thursday, also... you can get a double dose. Yeah. We're also live Every Wednesday, roughly around 5.30 Eastern Standard Time on the Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitch. Beware on Facebook, though. We get primed on Facebook. (laughs) We get primed on Facebook. Uh, Funny thing. I actually went back through the Facebook Live thing, and Mm -hmm. yeah, we were primed in the beginning, but at some point, it stopped being primed, and we went back to our normal voices. It's really strange that you brought that up, because when I was live watching, there were moments where your voice would leave being primed. It was like coming out of it for a second. It would be... Every couple words. (laughs) It is definitely a very with brand Brandon being primed. It's his interface and all that. But with me, I have zero idea because across the board, the only thing that it does that it happens to is Facebook. Maybe it's the service you use to put it on. Is that Mixlabs or whatever that you put it on all the uh, different platforms? Streamlabs, Mob Crush. Yeah, Mob Crush. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, but it it it's fine on YouTube and Twitch, which is what I'm going through. I'm going through Mob Crush to all of them. But I'm wondering if Mob Crush and Facebook just don't talk properly to each other. You know what I'm you, saying? You might be onto something there. You might uh, be onto something. Especially if everything else is fine. But anyways, folks, I want to thank Dick so much for coming on today, dude. It has been an absolute pleasure discussing dude, stresses with you. Yeah, it's it's always a pleasure, you know, just conversing with you in general because you're one of my best friends. You're my brother. You know, it's it's just always a good time. And I, I, I wish we could do this more. I wish you could come down here and I could go up there more. Uh, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> well, soon I'm going to be doing less shows, so I think, uh, yeah, that's probability. Yeah. Come get come it, man. On the podcast for you anytime. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, all right, folks. Well, I think that will do it for this week's episode of The Voice of Survival. We've talked about de-stress. Now let's talk about de-stress. I have been Nate. Now I'm Dick. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is The Voice of Survival. Out. Out.